Welcome to the Life in the Stocks podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Matt Stocks. I'm the host, and the show features unedited, in-depth, candid conversations with a wide range of musicians, actors, comedians, and creatives. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Life in the Stocks on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and indeed all major podcast platforms. Be sure to give me a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well, at MattStocksDJ. That way you can keep up to date with all of my live Q&A dates, my DJ performances, and of course, who's coming up on the show as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Here we go. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello? What's up, dude? How are you? I am, mate. I'm all right. How are you doing? Uh, all things considered, I'm doing okay. Yeah, getting by. <laughs> all things considered, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all we can do, isn't it? <clears throat> That's it, mate. That's it. It's uh, crazy times we're living in. The last time I saw you was, I think, last summer. And it was when you and Thomas came over to my house and we sat down yeah. and we ate all the biscuits. Yeah, yeah. And we talked about uh, how Hollywood remakes are overrated for your amazing podcast, Overrated Everything. Um, towards the end of last year, obviously you and Thomas were both busy doing projects and filming and things, so you put a hold on the podcast. Surely now yeah. is the time more than ever to bring it back. Well, hopefully, mate. We have been chatting um, over the last couple of days, because the thing is, we both like to say, yeah, obviously both being working actors... We both got work. We both got work, which was brilliant, um, but obviously not so brilliant for the podcast because we could meet up every couple of weeks. So, and obviously you'll know, um, getting guests is bloody hard work sometimes because you're working to other people's schedules. Yep. Um, where yeah, so we, me and Tom have had a chat um, the last couple of days, and, and we're thinking of maybe doing something similar to, to, to what you're doing, like and getting people over Skype or, or, or over the phone. And um, doing it that way, I guess, because now we know that, you know, nobody's busy. That's it. So I mean, now is the time to be reaching out, as I've been doing, mate, because I knew that everybody would be in the same boat, which is basically just cooped up at home, <laughs> kind of going stir-crazy, almost wanting to do something. Yeah, that's it. People want to be creative, don't they? And I think, you know, now more than ever, um, I've seen some brilliant stuff online of, of people... Um, just getting the creative juices flowing because the the sat home, like you say, going going a bit stir crazy and stuff. So, yeah, I think um, 
I think we'll we'll be back sooner rather than later. I think hopefully. Well, one I thing you we're... one thing you could do just to kind of get the flow back in the groove is you could just Skype each other. Has Thomas got a mic at his place as well? That's it. No, he's not got a mic. You see, but right. um, we we did a little test thing on Skype the other day, and um, it, 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 he's confident. It's weird. The tables have turned. Tomo's um, being the tech guy now. It's normally me who runs the show that way. He's ringing me up every day, telling me how we can make the podcast work with Skype and stuff. So um, I'm, I'm putting I'm putting my faith in him. <laughs> You're having a gamble. Yeah, could be, could be a gamble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned there you've been seeing some great stuff online. What's been some of your favourites that's you know put a smile on your face? Um, a lad who I've just finished working with actually. I was only watching it about half an hour ago. Um, a lad called Tom Gill, another actor. Um, he's just put up a video uh, from a rap. So he's rapping in the style of uh, Slim Shader, sort of nineties Slim Shader. Yep. Um, from the perspective of the virus amazing and it's it's really good man i listened to his lyrics and and, and that and it's, it's really cool and like you say he's doing it in that kind of night is eminem slim shady kind of style it just makes it uh it makes it all the more brilliant but um yeah i've seen a few a lot of people like say a lot of people are now um live streaming and stuff me and my little girl because i've got two little girls at home one's five one's nine uh, ten months now um and you know we, we we've been up every morning me and my eldest watching Joe Wicks at nine o'clock doing a half an hour's PE lesson. Do more <laughs> exercise now that I can't leave the house today. I've been in, in, in thirty years of living. <laughs> I did see that in the news the other day. They're like, you can get out there and have your one bit of exercise a day. I was like, hang on, hang on a minute, one bit of exercise a day. Let's not be hasty. I well, um, listen, mate, we'll come back in a moment. We'll chat about being at home with your family and how that's all going. We'll break for your first of five songs now. Talking of things that the internet has been coughing up. Um, one of my least favorite things, if not indeed my my least favorite after the virus itself, is the, the viral video of all these celebrities in their mansions without any yeah. sense of irony. Uh, singing along a cappella to one of the finest songs ever written. And once seen and heard, it can't be unseen or unheard, can it? And it kind of ruined this song for me for a while. So I'm really pleased that you've chosen it so we can reclaim it and enjoy it as it should be enjoyed in its, you know, original form. Uh, What a beautiful song as well. Is there a personal connection with you to this song or is it just that you think it's very apt for these times? And as I say, it's about reclaiming it back from these awful Um, celebrities that murdered it. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's one of my favourite songs. It has been since I was sort of a teenager and, and first heard it and first started getting into uh, John Lennon and the Beatles. Um, one second, mate. No worries, mate. Your dad's job's yeah. never done. Yeah, that's okay, sweetheart. You put that on. Um, sorry, mate. No worries, um, mate. Yeah, it's, it's been one of my favourites since, like I say, since sort of my me, me early teens. I first started uh, hearing the Beatles music and listening to it proper. Um, and then listening to John Lennon, and um, it, 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 it through my sort of when I was a kid, um, half my family are really religious. And they're Irish. Um, my nana used to take us to church every week and stuff. And the other half of my family are sort of is it Roman Catholic, the Church of England? They're not too into it. Yeah. So I grew up confused over religion, and then when I got into my teens, um, I, I, I realised that for me it was all a bit 
it, it was all it just didn't make sense and realised that I was an atheist one second she's back again well <laughs> press this back button there that one darling yeah that's the one go on um, so yeah so realised that I was uh, was an atheist and um, this song was one of them that helped me kind of kind of come to terms with that because like I say because I was kind of brought up half sort of strict sort of Catholic religious took to church pretty much every not every week but quite a lot um, when I was a kid I was like oh god this is wrong this I can't think that this isn't true because you know God must be watching all that and then one of the lines in the song is imagine there's no heaven it's easy if you try and it's and and, and it, it it just spoke to me I guess and I was like oh wow yeah so people can say that people can say oh imagine there's no heaven because that's how I feel at this moment in time and yeah and then obviously it got like I say it got me into to John Lennon's music Working Class Hero would probably be oh mate what a tune one of my favourite songs I think and obviously the Beatles there's, there's too many amazing great songs from the Beatles uh, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds or Strawberry Fields probably my favourites but um, yeah yeah just a great song isn't it and you know John Lennon was just you know he had his faults um, as do a lot of people you know apparently he was a uh, not very nice to his, his first wife and, and his, his eldest son. I believe he kind of disowned him. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he was he was a, a a brilliant man. He was a genius. And what a tune. Yeah, what a tune. Yeah, brilliant song as well. Um, just the mes- message in it, you know what I mean? Like, love one another. Do you know what I mean? Not Nothing else matters, I guess, than, than, than each other. And, and, you know, we're finding that out now in the kind of the hardest way possible like nothing really does matter except for each other do you know what I mean
people like yourself as well who are at home now um it's going to be financially trying however the 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 positive the plus side must be that you get to spend all this real quality time with your wife with your two kids are they both girls gadget yeah 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 um so yeah two girls phoebe's five and willow's ten months so, so you're outnumbered <laughs> and outgunned <laughs> i'm outnumbered and outgunned mate i need help it's me and and, and, and we've got two dogs as well one's a boy and one's a girl so there's just me and our room yeah. <laughs> um, we're, we're, the, we're the men of the house I saw a lovely video the other day you put up of you what what game were you playing you were spinning your daughter around and you were kind of doing some I guess Nintendo Wii was it sort of gymnastic stuff <laughs> so we've been doing all sorts mate because <laughs> um, obviously you know we're, we're, as parents now um, we're, we're expected to be teachers, and, and I'm kind of down with that. I've always, I've always said to my missus that I'd, I'd love to give, if, if we had the time and the money, um, homeschooling. I'd love to do it because um, I'm not a big fan of the, the school system at the minute, um, and and it's brilliant. I mean, hats off to teachers, man. I've, I've realised that more than ever this week. But yeah, we've been doing loads. So we did a little. I want to keep her active. I want to keep her fit because she's, you know, she's really. Well, at that age, at four, there's a lot of energy, right? Yeah, five. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Loads of energy, man. She she wakes up, you know, jumping on us and everything. So she's, you know. So the other day we were out in the garden and, and I made like a little obstacle course, um, you know, just using things in the garden. She's got a little scooter that she's probably not played on for about two years. So we picked that up. She had to go around in a circle on that. And then she had to dribble in between these little solar panel lights that we've never, you know, that probably bought about ten years ago. And then she's on a trampoline, like. We, we, you know, we've, we've got, we're lucky really, we've got quite a big, nice big garden when we bought the house, um, sort of seven, eight years ago now, that's what the main draw was, and we never use it, even in the summer really now, we we hardly ever go in it, because um, having kids, you kind of like, oh, let's take them out, it's a nice day, let's take them out. Yeah, and yeah, I of really course. Enjoyed just being in my garden with my little girl, we were doing weeding the other day, she was helping me weed. Um, <laughs> getting her to work. Getting her to, yeah, putting her to work. <laughs> 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 on a sweatshop soon, brilliant, <laughs> making, making all the Nike gear. Um, but yeah, no, um, yeah, then we, we went upstairs the other day, we were on the Wii, and you know, because again, you know, I, I feel like I've been prepping for this for all my life, I've got pretty much every console going, I've just always collect um, collected games consoles, so... I was up there showing her which ones were which and which ones I used to play with with uh, with my grandma who she calls her, her angel and that. So we we went on the Wii and stuff and we, we were playing on that and then my missus came home from work and we were all on it the next day. Do you know what I mean? It was it's really beautiful. I think you've got to see the positives in situations like this. And um, one of them for me and for most families out there is you actually get to spend time with your kids. Do you know what I mean? You you <clears throat> you go to work and. You know, if I've had an office job in the past or whenever I'm filming and stuff, you just you kind of, all you want to do is spend time with your kids and your, and your wife or, your, you know, your husband and that. So now we're getting to, it's, it's really nice, you know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's stressful, it's nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, it depends on the age, doesn't it? Because 
you know, every every child has different things going on at different ages and stages in their development and I guess for like a newborn or a fairly young child I was speaking to a friend of mine the other day she's got a daughter who's around about the same age as your youngest about eight or nine months and she was saying for, for, for that age it's kind of ideal because they're blissfully unaware of everything that's going on but obviously with with someone who's around five I mean what's what's her reaction to being taken out of school and, and everything that's going on is she aware of the situation have you tried to explain it or how do you break it down for someone of that age yeah it's a strange one mate because she's i'm gonna have to be a bit quiet here because no worries human, she, she has got she has got super super human because <laughs> um, obviously you know she doesn't get to see her friends and all of that as well that must be tough yeah, yeah so basically we, we she had chicken pox last year when our when our youngest was born so right she had chicken pox say 10 months ago and so when it was literally, she had a, the, the week after our youngest was born. So we had to be really strict with her. It was like, you can't go near Willow. You can't hold her. You can't do this. It was horrible at the time because she wanted to call her new baby sister. Um, but now kind of luckily in a weird, strange way, that's that's helped us because we've kind of explained to her that there's, there's, there's something out, there's a bug Okay, yeah, so you can liken like it to chicken pox in that way, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, so people can't really go near each other, so that's why grandma can't come in and she, she has to drop stuff off or, or whatever, because we're, at the minute, we're actually self-isolating now, because um, a couple of nights ago, uh, my youngest, Willow, she, she, had, she had a temperature. Right. Uh, and it's only today that we've been starting to be able to get it down pat under sort of the 39 mark. Um, so it's been like 39, 40, which is pretty high. Yeah, um, yeah. So obviously even my missus, because she's, um, she's a nurse, my missus. Oh, is she? I mean, hats off yeah, to her, mate. So, They're doing the absolute most heroic yeah, work yeah. in the world right now. Yeah, well, she, I mean, she she, she works uh, with children. Um, she, she's on the, on the really, you know, with, with really poorly kids anyway, sort of most of the time. So yeah. she's used to all this kind of, uh, you know, infection control and stuff, which is, which is really handy. Um, so yeah, so so yeah, so with 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 Phoebe, we've kind of told her that you know there's this bug and stuff and that, and she gets it a bit, you know, she asks questions and that, and and she's you know she's been a bit yesterday out of absolutely nowhere, she uh, she asked me randomly, she asked me about me, and she said, Daddy, where's your dad? And that's come out of absolutely nowhere. Yeah, yeah, wow. So you've got to, you know, you've got to just look at things like that and, and then and, and yeah how the hell do you answer questions like that i mean talk, <laughs> yeah. talk about perspective mate pardon talk about perspective and putting things yeah. in perspective i mean it's it's hitting home isn't it yeah it's crazy mate and, and and what a nice thing though last night we um she normally goes bed at seven but uh we let her stay up till till about half eight because i said we're going to go out at eight o'clock and we're going to clap for all the nurses and the carers and the people who are still working. Yeah. And we live pretty much facing a hospital, um, uh, quite a, a biggish hospital in, in Manchester. So we, we went out and we were clapping and, and, and quite a few of the neighbors and there's like blocks of flats facing our house. They were all out on the balconies and stuff clapping and that. And, and I had older her in my arms, Phoebe, and we were clapping. And I, I just said to her, I said, look, you're going to remember this forever. They're going to tell you're you're going to tell kids about this, and you know later lines. They're going to teach this in history, this moment. And um, and I warned her she better fucking 
can swear. You can say whatever you want, mate. It's quarantine, it's quarantine <laughs> radio. Anything yeah, goes. I didn't, I didn't swear at her. <laughs> I, warned her. I, said, I said, when you're older, when you're, when you're bigger, and you, you've got the privilege to vote. You vote for them who protect these people, you know? Yeah, life lessons, man. That's it, mate. That's it. You know, she's she's gonna she's gonna be taught well. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> I have no doubt, mate. I have no doubt. You're an, an absolute sweetheart. I've always known that. Um, <laughs> Cheers, mate. You too. <laughs> thank you, dude. Let's break for your second song. I'm imagining you've chosen this one as a father. You've learned to appreciate this song. Obviously, I know you love Eminem. You're a big hip hop head. There's a couple of hip hop tracks in your list, but uh, Haley's song by Eminem. What's the importance of this song to you? I'm a big, massive Eminem fan. Love him. He was, he was probably the first artist that I ever actually started listening to. As well. I remember I was about nine, I think, when he kind of first kind of came out onto the scene and I begged my mum for an album. I got I got his first album for like my 10th birthday. Um, you know, I, I, I was so young, I used to think that Eminem, Slim Shady and Marshall Mathers were three different blokes. <laughs> yeah, and then, but that's the thing though, is because the internet wasn't as widely around then, you couldn't just go online and look it up. So you'd, yeah, yeah, there'd be these, you know, myth, mythological almost characters, and there'd be all this secrecy around them and, and vibe and like, what's all that about? Like, who is this guy? What's going on? Yeah, yeah, and and that's it. Like I say, I remember saying it to my cousin. My cousin asked me; he was a bit older than me, and he got me into a lot of music. And I think we might have spoke about him on one of our podcasts. He got me into kind of music and pop culture and all that stuff. He was like sort of seven years older than me. So a lot of kind of music that I like and a lot of films that I like and stuff, I shouldn't really like. I'm kind of seven years ahead because I was watching them with him. Got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You know, stuff like NWA and and things like that. My age group should have missed that because I, you know, hung around with him and his friends. Um, So, yeah, so basically this song, Hayley's song, um, so yeah, Eminem loved him, and I begged my mum for the Marshall Mathers LP, which was um, it wasn't his first one, but it was like I think the, the one that kind of pushed him out there. It had like you know big songs on there, cleaning out my closet and stuff. I think was on there. And, Stan, uh, right? Stan was on there, yeah. yeah. Kim, you know, Stan was on there. That was one of the ones that that, that blew up and stuff. Um, <clears throat> and that was a great Mimi mates used to sit and listen to that album day in day out literally knew every lyric to it we were like 10 we shouldn't have but we did <laughs> um, and then um, the the Haley's Haley song that's off the Eminem show yep is it the Slim Shady show something like that I should know or the Marshall Mathers LP is it no no so that's the Marshall Mathers LP and then there's the I think it's the Eminem show or the Slim Shady show it's another album got you hey song he's on yeah, maybe the Eminem show then, the fourth album. Yes, that's it. That's yeah. the one. So that one, I came out, I must have been about 13, 14. Um, and I had, um, as most kids back then, a CD Walkman. Yes, mate. One of the CDs that used to used to have it in school, and you bla- we had blazers in our school. So of course, and the headphone wire would go up the arm, up and then the you'd lean on, lean on your hand in class and be able to listen through yeah. one ear. You know, old and, school you know, dude <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so that, that that was one of the albums it was that album the Eminem show it was uh, Avril Lavigne's album because I used to love her her first album <laughs> I'm with uh, you tune absolute tune mate. I still pull that out every now and again me, 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 me eldest she loves Skater Boy she, well, um, she was meant to be doing a tour in April I think it was she was going to be doing like oh, really? a, f- a few nights at Brixton Academy and yeah, obviously that'll be oh, one of the many shows that. that's pulled. But yeah, she was coming back this year, so keep your eyes oh, out, mate. Yeah, 
yeah, just some rescheduled dates. That shit, it's not her though. Have you seen that one? No. <laughs> Go yeah, on. So apparently there's a there's a conspiracy. Right, right, right. That there's like an impersonator. That, that, no, that Avril Lavigne died. Right, after yeah. Like that first album, and then they just found someone who looked like her. Amazing. And like then then used it. Honestly, it's, it's mental. But if you have a look online, it's it's, it's quite a, a deep one. Hey, <laughs> uh, one second. Hey, Ryan, what's up? Two, tell me two things. What two things? I mean, I'm sat in your bed because you're sat in my bedroom watching telly, aren't you? So I'm sat in your bedroom on the phone. Can you take that? No, Sven's a bit big to take in there. But just go in there and watch telly. I won't be too long, sweetheart. Can you take something? What do you want to take? Do you want to take Bear? Right, okay, take Bear to. All right, see you in a minute. Sorry, mate. No worries, um, dude. It's all good. Yeah, so, so yeah, so, um, it's my friend Matt. Shout hi, Matt. Hi, Phoebe. <laughs> He said, hi, Phoebe. <laughs> um, yeah, so <clears throat> um, the Eminem show was one of the, the albums that would have been in my pocket listening to, obviously, like say. And yeah, like the Haley song, um, I've always been pretty paternal, me. Always always wanted kids, always knew that I wanted kids and always wanted them kind of young as well and that. And, and that song to me um, is just beautiful. It's just It's just him singing to his daughter about how much he loves her and how you know, at the time, how hard his his wife was making things, um, and I, I, as with most of these songs, I just love lyrics, mate. Yeah, think, me too, mate. I think I'm a bit tone deaf, um, so I, I very, you know, I listen to music, and I very rarely hear the melody or whatever or whatever. But I always pay attention to the lyrics, and I love lyrics, and I love deep, you know, songs that mean something. Um, I'll put music on and your mates are like, oh, that sounds hanging. And I'm like, no, don't listen to that. Listen to the, what he's saying. Don't, you know, listen to the humming in the background. Just listen to, you know, to that bit. Um, I think that that's got to be the actor in you, isn't it? That's got to be like the storyteller that connects with the characters and the narratives. So. And Yeah, I think so. And, and, and Eminem, you know, he's, he's got to be one of the, you know, the best at, at doing that, making, you know, characters. If you listen to Stan, you know, he's, he's, he's playing two roles in that, you know. And then if you listen to one of one of my other favourite, because this is probably my favourite Eminem song, I think, Hayley's Hayley song, um, which is weird because he doesn't really rap on it. He's like one little bit where he does. But, you know, other ones like Kim, I, I was kind of toying with the idea of putting Kim, but I thought, you know, your listeners might think I'm a bit of a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I think, like, genuinely, I used to say, like, Kim is, is it's a love song. It's, it's horrible, and the things he's saying is, is, is horrible. And obviously, he's, he's never done them things um, and, and probably doesn't condone them things. Like, you know, Eminem says that, you know, what he's talking about doesn't mean that he's going to do it. It's just, it's poetry. He's just saying these, what's on his mind. And Kim is like, you know, He's so hurt by the fact that his his wife has has met someone else and whatnot that he writes this fucking horrible, gruesome song about putting her in the boot of his car and, and, and horrible, horrible thing. Um, but but at the same time, it's, it's it's him pouring his heart out about how much he loves her and how much it's hurting. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And I think we've all been at that point where we've seen one of our exes with, with, with another fella or something for, like, for uh, do you know what I mean? And, and, oh, dude, the worst. But anyway, yeah, Hayley's, Hayley's song is, is just, I guess, just beautiful. And yeah, now listening to it, having um, children, you listen to it differently and, and you think, God, like, you know, so lucky to, to have 
my children and have a loving partner that that we you know we stick together through thick and thin and you know even this multi multi millionaire has got problems in ways like that you know what I mean it's kind of reassuring I think.
taking back to people's backs Been over backwards for this woman Man, I should've seen it coming What I stick my penis up in When the rip the green up up If I'd have seen what she was fucking But fuck it, it's over There's no more reason to cry no more I got my baby, baby The only lady that I adore Haley, so sayonara Try tomorrow, nice to know ya Our babies travel back to the arms of a rightful owner And suddenly it seems like my shoulder blades have just shifted It's like the greatest gift you can get The weight has been lifted And, and now it's on So in terms of your, your livelihood, what were you up to before this hit? Were you, you know, scheduled to go on any shoots? Was anything in the diary? Uh, and obviously, you know, for the foreseeable future, nothing's going to be getting made, is it? So for a jobbing actor like yourself, who I imagine, like me, very much lives hand-to-mouth, paycheck-to-paycheck, out there hustling, um, what's the the immediate future looking like for you financially, dude? Obviously, without divulging your, you know, your bank details, I'm not not asking you to go that deep. But what what's the reality for a, you know a jobbing actor like yourself in this environment? I don't know, mate. I don't think any anyone knows really at the minute. Um, luckily for me, <clears throat> I literally finished a job on I think the seventeenth of March. Oh, great! So you just um, got it in I, there. <laughs> yeah, I did two weeks on um, a Sky Atlantic series called Britannia. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of that. It's brilliant, man. It's really good. I, I started watching it, obviously, just before I started working on it. So it's about the Roman invasion of Britain. Yes. Um, it's kind of like Sky Atlantic's sort of Game of Thrones, but they've, they've kind of gone a bit more comedy with it as well. It's, it's, it's really good. The first series is, you know, um, I think they were finding the feet, and then the second series, they really got into it. And then we've just, I've just had a little episode on the third series, what did you get to wear? Did you get to don swords and sandals and all that Roman garb? Oh, mate, honestly, it was brilliant. So my family in it, um, I don't know if I can say much, but we're kind of like um, ancient Celts, but like kind of backwater kind of people. Like you know, we, Roman we hillbillies? Kind of like hillbillies, yeah. Kind yeah. of like, well, British hillbillies, because we, we're kind of the, the, the Celts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was really good. It was really fun, and we were filming like quarries and stuff. There was one scene where, you know, they built this mad little wooden hut that we live in, and I had to like throw a blanket on and walk out into the rain. They paid for these rain machines. The budget on it's just mental compared to anything else I've worked on. Nice. And I just remember thinking while I'm walking out in this quarry of like white clay, with my hood over, looking at this little hut, and I was thinking. Fucking hell, it feels like I'm in Star Wars or something. And it is, it, honestly, it was a pinch me moment where I was like, "This is amazing. This is my job for the next week or two. Um, so yeah, so 
it, it was brilliant. Um, I think you really hold on to things like that right now. Like I just finished a tour a couple of weeks before this as well, and so that memory is still fresh in my head. So you can kind of hold on to that, and you can go, I was so privileged to have that experience, and hopefully you know, there'll be more of that again, but for the meantime, I can hold on to that and, and just count myself grateful and lucky that I got to do that and you know, all the other things that people like me and you have gotten to do in our lives. Like That's the kind of stuff I think maybe you're the same as me that, that keeps me sane in these times where the work does dry up and you know, the prospects are looking a bit grim. Is like, well, I've done loads of good stuff and there will be more. And I think the thing is, is um, it'll be the same, I imagine, for yourself as well. And I know it's the same for a lot of musicians, actors, uh, writers out there. Is you know the rea- the reality is like I don't think it's it'll have hit just yet for a lot of actors and that because like this is the normal for us. You know, we finish a job, and then there is no certain there is no you know certainty in, in work coming up again. Yeah. So at this moment in time, I'm kind of like, well, I've you know I've just finished a job, I've got got a little bit of money coming in from it that should be able to tie us over for a little while um so so it's just like normal you know that's that's how i feel after i finish every job you know the only thing that we haven't got now as as um actors writers etc etc is that is that fallback job yes yeah 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 is, is, is stocking that shelf or you know delivering that meal or whatever you do they're not there now them fallback jobs have gone um most of them, anyway, you know, a lot of supermarkets and, and, and places are, you know, still hiring in that. There is there is jobs out there still. You know, personally, whether, you know, you want to risk it or, or not, you have to, it's, it's one of them, isn't it? I guess it's different if you've got kids and a family, yeah. Exactly, you know, and, and like I say, Matt, obviously right now we're, we're self-isolating um, for a couple of weeks, as I say, but up until a couple of days ago, up until my little girl got the temperature, my wife was still going to work and you know, looking after poorly kids and stuff. So she's leaving the house and going out, and I'm kind of what I want to get out and do stuff, man. I've I've, I've set up with a few friends like a little volunteering group on Facebook, and um, for from a local area because I live in a, a council estate. So, you know, there's people around here who uh, are business owners who will be all right, and then there's people out here who, you know, live live month to month anyway, and, yeah. and and will struggle. So. Um, yeah, it's 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 a, it's, a, it's a mad old times, but yeah, um, I think yeah, I think like I say, a lot of actors out there, that there is no fallback and stuff, and and so hopefully this, I do worry because these new measures that have come in for the self-employed, you know, hopefully I should be all right with, and um, because the last kind of three years have been reasonably okay for me, not amazing, but okay. But I do know that a lot of actors out there um, might have had free badges. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So what do they? Because they are self-employed, you know. But they're not self-employed like a, you know, like a, a builder, say, who's got probably regular work or um, anyone like that. They're self-employed in the sense of they might have one job here, one job there. That kind of tides them over. They might live with parents or, or something like that. So. I do worry about people like you know like that in the, in the creative industry and in, in, in a lot of industries. I guess I, I can't speak for many others, but you know I've, I've worked in pubs and that, and I've got um, friend, friends and family who who work in pubs and, and they don't know what what's going on yet because they're on stupid 
zero-hour contracts that should have been abolished years ago. Yeah, and And who the hell knows when pubs and restaurants and bars are going to reopen as well? I mean, that could be months. Yeah, yeah, that's it, man, that's it. That's going to be the one where, you know, because people congregate in in them places, don't they? So, you know, this virus isn't going to go away too quick. Hopefully it does, hopefully. I don't know, something something comes and destroys it. I think there's a lot of, you know, if you can kind of, again, look at the, the positives, there's obviously a lot of environmentally beneficial things that are happening right now because of it. The world's yeah. slowed down a bit. It's having a bit of a break. Uh, yeah. And even just in the familial unit sense, people are getting to reconnect with their loved ones, take some time out. So for now, it's kind of like, I think, a, a nice welcome break. It's just a case of how long is this going to go on? Like a few more weeks, I think everybody can, you know, make it through that. But it's when we get to like say summertime and it's still lockdown, yeah, then uh, it's then it's going to be time to start worrying. And these conversations that I start having with people might might start taking a lot more of a negative tone. Then <laughs> that's it, man. Because like you say, I mean, I I've I've not left my house now for three nearly three weeks, I think. Yeah. Uh, just because, like I say, I finished that job in London, and I was up and down on trains, and I was travelling around London on the tube, and working with loads of people and when when i got home i was kind of like it was about three or four days before i think you know it was, it was about, right about the time when when boris i think the day i got home was the day boris turned around and said we're gonna lose a load of people wash your hands ridiculous <laughs> yeah but try and stay alive so the government was starting to acknowledge it a bit so i just literally like said to my wife i'm like i'm gonna stay in with the kids um, I didn't want my little one, uh, my eldest, to go to school, um, and 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 I was just like, she's not like we're not, we're just staying in, we're just going to stay in. And then about three days later, the government advice was schools are closed, stay in anyway. So, yeah, I think yeah, I think you you'll start to go stir crazy in a couple of weeks, I reckon. And but yeah, you've just got to keep the positives, aren't you? Like say that the planet's you know healthier, it's getting healthier. I was saying this to um. Tom all the other day we did a little Instagram live and I was saying you know you know like when someone this is what I hope comes from it when someone goes to the doctors and they get a health scare you know you know you see you see these films or you hear of people going to the doctors and, and the doctor will tell them right okay you've got six months left to live yeah and then then they literally turn their life around in that six months and they have the most amazing six months ever I hope that that this is humanity's health scare I hope that we get through it but what we take away from it is we can't be fucking the planet up you know this is this is humanity is like you've got six months less to live not saying that we've only got six months but i want them to, i want people to turn around now and go right okay we do need to think about this we do need to think about that why aren't nurses and doctors getting paid what they should be and why are politicians taking a bigger bloody pay check every month and do, do you know what i mean things like that. i think we need to we need to look at social change and stuff massively now mate you've, will, you've just will. distilled it beautifully humanity's health scare that's that's brilliant that's what i think it is man that's it. Uh, and I hope, I hope it plays out that way that we make that we come back from this bigger and better definitely let's break for your third song stone roses mate the fucking roses <laughs> sally cinnamon um obviously as a manchester lad this band again would have been just before your time but would have obviously been still looming larger than life right and yeah yeah so so my dad my dad is one of them um he he still now plays only plays music from the 80s and 90s um and the stone roses 
I don't think would have been his favourites, but they they were up there. Um, so they were always on and, and always listened to him. But I started really getting into him in probably my late teens. Um, uh, and then when we did This Is England 86, yeah, 86, Ian Brown was, was in that. He had a little cameo scene in it. Did he? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a little blink and you'll miss him scene. You know the big fight scene where... Um, Flip comes and he's like, I'm going to count down from 13, whoever it is. Um, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you pause it at the right minutes, moments, there's a, there's a little bit where Ian Brown's a copper. Amazing. And, and, he, and he twats me over the head with a um, plastic truncheon. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, so literally... Life goals. I, I'll make life goals to have Ian Brown beating you up. It's, uh, <laughs> it's brilliant. Um, so, yeah, so I got into him when I was in my teens. And, then, and like I say, you know, um, he, Ian was in... Uh, this is England. I remember just going over to him and just being like, "All I could say was you're Ian Brown." Do you know what I mean? I told the man who he was. He knows who he is. Um, but yeah, um, again, one of them where you can you can pick apart any track of of the Roses and Ian Browns as well. I love his solo work, mate. Um, but Sally Cinnamon is always one that's stood out to me. And um, me and my missus, it was our first dance nice because um, I always used to sing it to her in the pub to try and woo her and it worked somehow because <laughs> I can't sing that but well that's what you should have told Ian when you met him rather than say you're Ian Brown you should have said you helped me woo my wife oh no this was years before man. oh of course yeah 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 yeah, 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 God, yeah. yeah that, was, that was years before but um, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah I'd, you know um, I'd, I'd tell him that now but yeah it was, uh, <laughs> it was our first dance song and, and I just love it and you know um, anytime it comes on I always turn it up and sort of look over and smile at her and whatever. And um, when when I'm out and about DJ and if I play it, I'll always ring her. <laughs> I'm dead Aww. sad about that. She hates it. <laughs> like Not I said, mate, you got a big heart. Well, that's it, mate. That's it. <laughs> Cinnamon, you're my world. 
So talking about This Is England, uh, a, a while back, Tomo did this post where he said you were going to be making a new series and he fucked with the world, didn't he? Because it was such a dry joke. I bought it. I was like, no way, they're doing another one. Basically, the story was, <laughs> so we do Kendall Calling every year, me and Tomo. We DJ a festival in the Lake District called Kendall Calling. And um, me, basically, we, me and Tomo, we don't get paid for it, but they let us take a load of our mates. So it's like free festival with our mates. Um, they treat us well and that, put us in artist camping and all that. It's brilliant. And anyway, so we were all sat in the tent this one day and we were all drinking and, and, and having a laugh like you do. And Tomo wanted to go and see, I think it was Jerry Cinnamon. Yeah. So it was proper raining. Like to, it does every year. What a place to hold a festival, the Lake District. It rains. <laughs> it rains all year there, doesn't it? Because it? Yeah, I mean, they're not even lakes. They're just massive puddles. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, Tomo was like, I'm going to go and see Jerry Cinnamon. Does anyone want to come? And I think him and his wife went and watched him. And uh, the majority of us stayed at the tent. And his mate, Kimball, um, because the music was playing through Tomo's phone on the speaker. And then Kimball went, oh, that's mad, isn't it? Tomo's miles away and his music's still playing. Obviously realised that he'd left his phone. Amazing. So then he's seen his password and it turned out it was, well, I can't say what it was, but he, he guessed his password. And then he went, should I tweet that we're going to make a new This Is England or what? And I was like, balls to it, do it, see what happens. <laughs> and he tweeted it and then it literally just started gaining traction and then jokingly, because I used to work for uh, Unilad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right there in house comedy and stuff. And I just jokingly went, bet lad Bible jump on that. And about five minutes later, I heard Kimball shout from the other tent, lad Bible have retweeted it. <laughs> anyway, it blew up then. I think Tom had like Shane Meadows ringing him. Did he really? At the festival as well. What, what a way to receive a call like that. You're just yeah, in the middle of like having a great time. He didn't see it till the next day. Because he, he, he didn't have a clue. He was out in the festival, probably half caught drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and people were coming over to him, shaking his hand, saying it's about bloody time. And he didn't have a clue what they were on about because <laughs> he didn't have his phone on him. <laughs> so when we all met up with him, he was like, people are being weird today. And we were like, yeah. Kimball tweeted that we're making this is England 98 or whatever. <laughs> How was Shane? Was he all right or was he pissed? He, he played it all right, yeah. He played it all right. He just texted him saying like, oh, come on, don't be daft and that. Um, but yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we, you know, it, hopefully it, it won't just be a, a daft tweet. I, I reckon there could be something on the horizon. Oh, yeah. Um, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Shane's mentioned it a couple of times in interviews. Um, we've not had any official confirmation yet, but I, it wouldn't surprise me if we if we uh, don't see a another this is england i mean it's such a well-loved franchise mate and you know the great thing with it is is you can keep developing it can't you and and a part of the joy i think as you started to do all the different years and the fashions and the music is not only the character development but you get to as, as shane does so well delve into the the culture of britain in these different time periods yeah man that's it and, and the thing is 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 you know you're never not going to go and do it as well because Shane's such an amazing storyteller. Yeah. Um, you know it's always, always going to be going to be great. And like you say, it's, it's really fun. So, you know, the first one was 83. You know, I was born in 1990, so I didn't have a clue about the 80s. Then 86, and, you know, again, being a big lover of hip-hop, 
um, that was just about kind of coming out over here and stuff. So Shane said to me, do you want to, do you want to kind of gadget play the hip hop kind of stuff? Cause you love it so much. And I was like, yeah. So, you know, uh, constantly learning about, about things and, and whatnot. And then when 1990 came around, it was like, you know, I remember going to the set of mine and Harvey's flat for the first time. And it, it was, it was, it was like going back in time to being a little kid. Cause they had like a, a, a NES. Yeah. Like the Nintendo NES and, you know, things like that, a little gun, duck hunt, and, and, and just little <laughs> things that you found were like, oh my God, like, I remember that because I was this, I remember this stuff now where the 80s, like, we didn't really remember a lot of it. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. Obviously, most of it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so hopefully if, if we do do another one, it's going to be kind of a bit more like that. You know, it's going to be a time period where you'll really connect to, yeah. Remember it. Yeah, yeah, well, it would be stuff like. Who knows? Like maybe a PlayStation. For me, I'm talking consoles, but like a PlayStation. And, <laughs> yeah, you book in the year by whatever that. console was out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Art attacks on the teller. <laughs> <laughs> have you that still got the purple hoodie that Gadget wears in This Is England '90? I have, mate. Yeah, I have. Yeah. That's um, an iconic piece of film props right there. <laughs> yeah, well, I haven't got the original. I haven't. So basically, I think I've said this to you before. So, um, Gadget was meant to die in 1990. Yeah. Um. Thank so God he didn't. Was, yeah, well, yeah, fine, yeah, if they're making another one, bloody hell, I've got a mortgage. Um, <laughs> got mouse to feed, match, you know what I'm on, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah, so I've got one of the, the copies of the hoodie um, that was made. So, obviously, when you're doing um, scenes that involve blood and, and stuff like that, um, they'll, they'll make copies of costumes. Yeah. Uh, just so they can go again and, you know, there's no blood on it, saves them washing, whatever. So, they add... The original hoodie was like the costume designer's actual personal hoodie that she got in like a beefer in the nineties, um, and so she had others made um, that were literally made like a couple of weeks after, a couple of weeks before shooting. So I've got one of them. Amazing. Fake, real, real fake. <laughs> when was the last time you were all together? Would it have been Tomo's wedding on New Year's a couple of years back? Yeah, probably Tomo's wedding, and, and and it wasn't everyone as well, which was which was uh, mad. There was the vast majority, but obviously, like say, people busy working and, and, and bits and bobs. But um, and it was on New Year's Eve as well, wasn't it? So obviously, it was certain, certain people have their own plans on nights like that, one. don't they? Yeah, but yes, uh, Steve Graham was there, uh, Andrew Shane, Michael Soccer, Joe Hartley, Vicky McClure. Um, was Perry Joe there? Patton. Joe Gilgan. Yeah. He, no, he's no, the, he's the elusive one, isn't he? Joe's, yeah, Joe's quite elusive. I mean, the, the fellow lives in a, in a cabin in the woods, I believe, nowadays. And yeah. That, um, listening to, to, to the Two Shot podcast when he was on that. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's quite elusive and he's, he's busy. He's doing um, brassic and stuff. So, oh, um, he's busy doing bits. Sorry, someone's trying to ring me there. No worries, but... Um, so, yeah, but yeah... Um, I've not seen Joe for a while, actually. I almost got an interview with him, mate. I got a, I got an email from his publicist, and uh, oh, yeah. just out the blue, and they were like, "Do you want to chat to Joe?" I was like, "Do I ever?" And then it it almost happened, and then it didn't. It was a shame, but hopefully, on whatever you know project he's promoting next, I'll I'll get the offer again and, and can lock it in. My yeah. goal is to try and get all of you one day. That's my goal. Yeah, that'd be good. Like a little collector, like a weird little collector that you are. 
Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> I guess well, Joe, Joe's <laughs> got the, the Joe's got this new show coming out, which looks amazing. It's called In My Skin. Have you seen like the trailers or anything for that? I have, yeah, yeah, Joe Hartley, yeah, I have seen that, yeah. Um, a couple of I've got a couple of friends who are in that. Um, so yeah, I'm keen to watch that. Has it not been out yet? That no. I think it starts on Sunday. Right, brilliant. But it brilliant. looks like it's going to be pretty that. powerful, and she looks great in it. Like it's good because I've seen her in so much, and I love her work. But she's often in like a supporting role, um, yeah. and I'm really looking forward to just seeing her, like you know, front and center, and and doing her thing. I think she plays like a manic depressive mother or something, right? So right, it, okay. it looks like it's going to be pretty heavy and deep and intense, and yeah, wicked, man. Wicked. Um, That's brilliant. She loves that as well, Joe playing playing another mum. Let's play She always makes a joke about that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's break for your second to last song. Uh, Biggie Smalls, Juicy. Yeah. Tell me, <laughs> tell me, tell me about the Biggie Smalls connection. So I, I, I bloody love Biggie Smalls, and uh, when I was younger, um, again, like I say, I probably should have kind of maybe missed out on, on like Biggie and Tupac. They both died when I was seven or eight, um, so I had no business listening to their music really. Um, but again, because I, I hung around with my older cousin, and because, you know, when you think of rap and hip-hop, um, especially in the 90s, they're the two that every springs to everyone's mind, right? Of course. And, and so Snoop Dogg, yeah. And Snoop, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think I think majority, there was always that thing, one thing is, you know, who was, the, who was the best rapper ever, Biggie or Tupac? And and you were either Team Biggie or Team Tupac, and that was because of the, the whole East Side, West east coast west coast thing and stuff that was going on in the states i uh, see i had this chat with tomo and he don't remember any of this i don't know if it's like i don't know i don't know because I, I remember it vividly like kind of you either like biggie or you either like tupac and, and, and you couldn't like one or the other well east coast um, west coast beef would seep into everything from south park to you know like it was this cultural phenomenon wasn't it that everybody yeah. in, in culture was aware of was this divide and this beef between yeah, the two yeah. sides of the, the states on the hip-hop front. Yeah. Well, that's it. And, and like I say, I, I'd have been about seven when that was going on. I didn't listen to any of these then. Um, when I got a bit older and I was a teenager and I started listening to, to them, it, I was I was fully team Tupac, fully, fully, California, West Coast, all that. Loved it and still do. And I never really give Biggie a chance. never really listened to Biggie. That's a little pun there. Give Biggie a chance. One more chance. Um, sorry. <laughs> Been in for a long time, man. Bear with me. Um, <laughs> so I never really give Biggie a chance, I guess. And um, it was the odd song that, you you know, Juicy, I think, is probably... If 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 you say to someone, name me a Biggie song, they're going to say probably Juicy. Um, and, and anyway, when I kind of got a little bit older, um, probably late teens, sort of early 20s, I started to listen to Bigger a lot, and you know, again, like I said before, I love lyrics, and for me, his lyrics like just amazing. Everything about it. If you'd have asked a thirteen-year-old me who's the better rapper, Biggie or Tupac, it'd have been Tupac till I die. If you asked me, you know, twenty onwards, I'd say Tupac probably the better all-around entertainer. Probably, you know, could switch it up a little bit here and there and, you know, make more songs that could probably be played on radio and people could listen to and then play songs that you wouldn't even, you know, play in front of, you know, put on in front of your grandma. Um, where Biggie, like, probably had Juicer 
that can play in a club or a pub and then everything else is just really deep nasty lyrics which is yeah. brilliant yeah um, so i'd probably say yeah biggie's probably the better lyricist <laughs> um and, and yeah I, I, again juicy's probably not my favorite biggie song but it, 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 it's, this is like sort of five songs to take with you into the apocalypse in it it is That's mate so you got to go iconic haven't you yeah i mean it, yeah, for me it's it's the one that you know i've been i've probably been drunk and sang that song out out like as loud as i can more times than any other song if that comes on in the pub we're singing it do you know what i mean we're up on the table super nintendo sega genesis when i was dead but we're singing it do you know what i mean yeah 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 uh, i've been there mate i've been there i think everyone does you know no matter what music you like I think uh, I think if that comes on and you've had the right amount of intoxicating alcohol in your system, you get on you know, top of that chair. <laughs> that's it. You're Biggie Smalls for a little bit. In your own head, and everyone else can just pull you. <laughs> Here's a couple of things. Obviously, in quarantine mode, um, you know Netflix, Amazon streaming services like this are the saving grace. Have yeah. you been watching the Biggie and Tupac, the fictionalized? version of events um for the the case i can't remember what it's called but it's like cops oh yeah maybe this is watched it watched it when it was on it is it, it's um oh what was it called i can't brilliant yeah i can't um, remember for the life of me but it's about the cops at the time trying to solve yeah. it and then years later still trying oh, to solve yeah, it as well and they they flick back yeah, and forth it's really good isn't it brilliant brilliant yeah because again my my wife's not massively into hip-hop if she's one of them people she knows every lyric to, to juice it yeah but she will not listen to anything else biggie's made do you know what i mean she, she's one of them like she she you know like, she likes r&b and, and yeah yeah she's a pop diva pop and stuff like that yeah um and, but she likes cop detective stuff so i kind of won around when that first came out a couple of months well, about a year or so ago yeah best I of both worlds right there isn't it? it and um we loved it she loved it i loved it it got us you know and then i think we might have watched um, the the Biggie uh, biopic yeah. after that together and stuff. So I was like, ah, oh, okay. One step <laughs> at a time. <laughs> Here's one thing, though. You probably won't get to, to watch this, but have you been watching it on your own, the Hip Hop Evolution series on Netflix, which is just yeah, the greatest, man. greatest historical overview of hip hop I think that's ever been made that I've seen. It's so it's good. Brilliant, isn't it? It's brilliant. I've not watched it. Is it series three that's out now? I think maybe even up to four. <clears throat> Is it? I've watched one, two, I've watched, I've not watched the newer one then. I've watched, if it's four, I've watched one, two and three and I've not watched four, but absolutely brilliant. And, and I tell you what, on the, the first series when obviously it's, it's like the pioneers over in New York and kind of yeah, invented yeah. it. Yeah, Grandmaster Flash and Africa Bambata and all Flash. of that, yeah. Grandmaster Flash played at Kendall Calling two years ago, I think. Not last year, but the year before. And it is the best he doesn't sing, obviously. He just he just plays music. He just DJs. Yeah, he does but get he on the mic a lot and hype it up, though, doesn't he? I've seen he him play. He's such a good live DJ. Absolutely best. I mean, I, I, like I say, I've watched Eminem live. I've watched Stone Roses a fair few times. I've watched, you know, some of my favourite rappers, 50 Cent, The Game, like people like that live. But honest to God, that was the best gig I've ever been to. And Kendall, Kendall Carlin, the, um, Grandmaster Flash, literally at one point, because I say, my mates go and Tomo's mates go. 
one of Tomo's mates was just stood there with his arms folded, going, "This is this isn't on this. This is not on. Someone needs to phone police." And I was like, "Why?" And he was like, "Cause it's just so good. Like this shouldn't be allowed." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, you're right, mate. Yeah, it's crazy." Yeah. Well, that's the thing. If you're a good DJ, right, you've got every song ever written in your arsenal. And yeah. so you have at your fingertips like just the wealth of musical history to draw from. And he does it in such a way. He's such an insanely great mixer and turntablist. And he doesn't overdo it with like the scratching and the clever stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he, he did this thing where he was like, I'm going to take y'all on a tour of America through hip hop. And he's like, New York. And he plays a bit of a track. And then he's like, LA. And he plays a bit of a track. And just shouts out random like sort of states or boroughs of... Um, states and 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 yeah, he's, he's just great. I think he even played a bit of like, I'm sure it was um, what's the song now? It's gone out of my head. The 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 one that's White, White Stripes, on. Seven Nation Army. Yeah, he played a bit of White Stripes. Yeah, that's it. I don't know why I like went out of my head. Played a bit of the White Stripes and that, and it's like Seven Nation Army, a hip hop DJ playing Seven yeah. Nation Army. What's going he brings on? in everything, doesn't he? He'll put in like Madonna in there, Diana Ross, James Brown. Like he puts in the full spectrum. It's not just hip hop, like, but he does it in a, yeah. a hip hop way. I, I've only seen him once, but I, I was the same. I didn't have my arms folded thinking it should be illegal, but I was just in <laughs> awe watching him, just like, I might as well just quit now. There's no point. Like, that's that's a DJ. Yeah. I'm I'm an imposter. Fuck all you hoes. Get a grip, motherfucker. Yeah. This album is dedicated to all the teachers that told me I never amount to nothing. To all the people that lived above the buildings that I was hustling from that called the police on me when I was just trying to make some money to feed my daughter. So good. And all the niggas in the struggle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> It's all good, baby, baby. Uh. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Something pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack, Mr. Magic Molly Mall. I let my tape rock till my tape pop. Smoking weed and bamboo, sipping on private stock. Way back when I had the red and black lumberjack with the hat to match. Remember rapping Duke? The hard, the hard. You never thought that hip hop would take it this far. Now I'm in the limelight cause I rhyme tight Time to get paid, blow up like the world trade Born sinner, the opposite of a winner Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner Peace to Raw G, Brucey B, Kid Capri Funk, Master Flex, Love Bug, Star Ski I'm blowing up like you thought I would Call a crib, same number, same hood It's all good uh. And if you don't know, now you know, nigga uh. Personal with Robin Leach, and I'm far from cheap. I smoke stuff with my peeps all day. Spread love, it's the Brooklyn way. The Moet and Alize keep me pissy. Girls used to diss me, now they write letters cause they miss me. I never thought it could happen, this rapping stuff. I was too used to packing gats and stuff. Now honeys play me close like butter play toast. From the Mississippi down to the East Coast. Condos and Queens in dough for weeks. Sold out seats to hear Biggie Small speak. Living life without fear Putting five carrots in my baby girl ear Lunches, brunches, interviews by the pool Considered a fool cause I dropped out of high school Stereotypes of a black male misunderstood And it's still all good, uh And if you don't know, now you know, nigga 
Sega Genesis When I was dead broke, man, I couldn't picture this 50-inch screen, money green, leather sofa Got two rides, a limousine with a chauffeur Phone bill about 2G's flat No need to worry, my accountant handles that And my whole crew is lounging Celebrating every day, no more public housing Thinking back on my one-room shack Now my mom pimps a act with me on the back And she loves to show me off, of course Smiles every time my face is up in the sauce We used to fuss when the landlord dissed us No heat, wonder why Christmas missed us Birthdays was the worst days Now we sip champagne when we thirsty uh, Damn right I like the life I live Cause I went from negative to positive And it's all And if you don't know, now you know, nigga uh. And if you don't know, now you know, nigga. And if you don't know, now you know, nigga. Representing B-Town in the house. Junior Mafia, Math Label. Dude, here's another thing. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I really should because a lot of people have been talking about it. I think I've just been putting it off because of the heavy subject matter. Um, your last song is by R. Kelly. And you are like, can I pick this? Should I pick this? I said, yeah, because um, we can obviously talk about, as you suggested, doing so, the separation of the art from the artist. I haven't seen the surviving R. Kelly thing. Have you seen that? I've not. I just I don't like watching anything like that, mate. I don't. My mate always turns around to me. Uh, my mate Jamie's like, Andy, not everything Disney, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, but I just I can't watch. Um, uh, you know, my, my missus loves stuff like that. You know, it's weird to say loves stuff like serial killer stuff or like true um, crime. She's into that. Yeah, yeah, true yeah. Crime and 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 you know, I just I just don't enjoy it. I just like that. I know that stuff happens, and. That's you know horrible, but I I just don't want to be reminded of it and sit and watch it. So I've I've not seen the, the documentary myself. Um, so I did watch a bit are of you Michael aware Jackson of what he's been of you know accused am, of? Yeah, yeah, fully aware, fully aware. And, and is it kind of like a bang to rights? He is guilty. He was awful. Case scenario, is it? I think he is. Yeah, he's been proved guilty. Yeah. I don't know. I know nothing about it. I'm kind of like you in that sense. Like I don't really. I think I think he's been, yeah. I think he's been proved guilty or. or I think it was something like they can't really touch him or summer. I don't know, but he's clearly a horrible, horrible human being. So he's a right bastard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but you've chosen one of his tunes anyway, so I guess you have to kind of, I guess, now defend why. I'm not. I'm not gonna. This is the thing, right? I love so it. I'm, I I don't know if we've chatted about it before. Probably have because I talk about it all the time. But I listen to a podcast called uh, the Blind Boy Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love him. And one 
Dude, did you did you hear on. the interview? Just quickly, did you hear the interview he did with Spike Lee? Yes. yes what wasn't that one of the most like just it was a masterclass in conversation that he absolutely killed that to the point where Spike Lee was like fanning out over his knowledge, wasn't he? He's like, you're dropping science on me, son. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing, wasn't it? And I think they've become friends now. Like, he was emailing him and stuff, I think. Spike Lee was emailing him. Like, amazing. That was amazing stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. There's also another one where he speaks to um, a, a, one of like the world's most famous hip-hop photographers. If you've got an old-school 90s hip-hop album or photograph... Oh, Glenn Friedman. Um, he's an Irish bloke. I can't remember his name. Okay, right. He's, but yeah, that's the that's the random thing. He's like the world's like if you like back in the day the the, the NWA cover and stuff like that. He shot it, I think. Right, right, and, right. And he's oh, he's from Limerick in Ireland. Wow. Yeah. So it, it was it was strange, but anyway. So anyway, blind blind boy in his podcast, he talks a lot about especially when the Michael Jackson um, documentary came out. He talked a lot about separating art from artists. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of artists throughout history, John Lennon, who we were talking about at the, at the beginning of the podcast, you know, the, the messed up people. The, Let's say you know, problematic, the, yeah, they've got skeletons in their closet. Exactly, as have most people, I guess, a lot of people, not most, but a lot of people. Um, and But they still make incredible art. Now, does the art that they make deter away from the people it's, it's, it's a moral it's a, it's, a, it's a dilemma isn't it and what he says is you've got to be able to separate art from artist 100 you can write yeah. a song by an artist and hate that person because the scum and i tell you he's pure scum and i'm, I'm not going to sit here and, and defend him at all he's an absolute arsewipe he's, he's, he's complete and utter scum however big tunes <laughs> song that i pick yeah. i believe i can fly you know it holds so much nostalgia and so much memory for me uh, of happy times. Do I then have to discredit that and not ever listen to that song again because of that? I think that that lets him win if you do, in a weird way. I wholeheartedly agree with you. There's loads of people that I like that are, you know, complete criminals like Jerry Lee Lewis, a lot of the early rock and rollers, like fucking absolute hell-raising, you know, criminals. Um, But... Just some of the most seminal and vital and incredible art um, that you know. I I wouldn't want to live a life that is denied those things, those statements that they've made. Certainly not. And is it to the end yeah, of the world, it. gadget? This is the time now more than ever to select the uh, you know the absolute creme de la creme of what makes you happy. Yeah, that's it. And 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 like I say, I, I was in two minds because I, I probably would have gone and put that song. So I'm not this. This isn't in any kind of order. But like that probably that came in my head before a few of these, and I was like, do it, do it, do I put that? And then that's why I put at the end of the message that sent you like, I'm putting this, but like, you know, I, I get that that girl is a scumbag, and separating art from artists, you have to do it. But yeah, I believe I can fly. For me, it was um, I again saying to you earlier. I grew up with with my cousin who was a lot older than me, and 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 one of the things that he introduced me to was basketball. Yeah, I remember um, you saying in the was, in the podcast we did. Yeah, I was a massive Chicago Bulls fan. Um, I, st- I still am a fan now. I don't watch it as much as I used to, um, just because it's too really expensive to get the the NBA app, um, <clears throat> and keep up with it. I have I have the scores come up on me me Alexa and that. Um, but, but yeah, keep an eye on it. But yeah, um, and anyway. 
obviously 1996 and 1997, um, Space Jam came out. Michael Jordan being a you know Chicago Bulls legend, being at that time me being a sort of little kid, one of my idols that I looked up to. It was like Michael Jordan and Eric Cantona were like my idols, um, and uh, yeah. Uh, that was the, the the theme tune for the the, the soundtrack for the, uh, the film. Boom. Uh, Space Jam. Yeah, yeah, I remember uh, it well, mate. My favourite film at the time. Loved it. Great. What a cast as well. You know, you had um, Michael Jordan, Daffy Bill Duck. Uh, <laughs> it's like a Daffy Duck. <laughs> um, but just just it was Bill Murray. Yeah, Bill Murray wasn't it, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Played like his friend in it. Um, and yeah, and then so. When, whenever we went on holiday as a family, we used, to, we used to go away sort of once or twice a year to places like Turkey or Spain and that. Um, I I got up one time and got on karaoke, um, and 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 that was in the book. So I was like, yeah, what's in that? I think it was about eight. Um, I'd love to have seen that. Fly, Incredible. Sang it and then got a round of applause, <laughs> and was like what is this? Why are people clapping? And and just loved it. And that's probably why I do what I do now, I think. That's what gave you the bug. That's what gave me the bug, yeah. I think, Amazing. I think that, yeah, getting up and, and just, just having like a, an applause and people clapping and even my mum going, oh, that was really good. I, I probably couldn't sing for shit, do you know what I mean? I, I can't now, so I don't know if I could then. I probably couldn't. But, but you had the balls to try and you entertained. That's it. That's it. I entertained and I, and I, and I did a all right karaoke performance to you know probably about thirty drunk Brits in somewhere in Atla, um, Antalya in Turkey. Um, <laughs> Classic. But, you know, it, 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 it gave me that kind of uh, not the bug necessarily. Yeah, I guess the bug, but it gave me that confidence. I was like, all right, okay, I can do that. I can get up and talk in front of people, or get up and sing in front of people. I can get up and talk in front of people. Do you know what I mean? And and then from that moment on, I always said to my mum, I want to be a singer. And then my voice broke, and like I, I learned very, very quickly that I couldn't sing. Um, and then I was like, okay, well, you know, I still want to kind of do, and, and I, I want to be a comedian or an actor. And do you know what I mean? I just kind of kept going to them drama classes or kept whatever, because I just enjoyed making people laugh or smile or, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, as much as as much as he's an horrible scumbag, pervert or whatever he is, um, his art actually kind of spurred me on. So I can't discredit it, right? No way, dude. No way. I'm with you, and it's your it's your playlist, and it's your it, it. It, it, it has been your life. <laughs> now here's your red book, and go off into the flames and. <laughs> <laughs> just next door that'll do, <laughs> <I> do that? <laughs> mate what an absolute treat catching up um i always enjoy talking to you dude and yeah it's doing these has really helped me stay sane and happy and um yeah. i i thank you for taking the time mate it's been great Not sure. so when are we going to press record and start? oh shit i haven't <laughs> fuck <laughs> no, honestly, when, when you texted me the other day, I was like, "Yeah, of course, man." Because, like, say, because I've I've done your other podcast, right? Yeah. Stops, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you came on ours. Me and Tom came and met you. Um, and when you asked me, it's like, yeah, you know, it, obviously, it's uh, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I'm a big fan of music. Uh, don't judge me by these five tracks. They're just 
they all mean something to me. But I love every type of music. Like if you go on my Spotify playlist, there's you know everything from Frank Sinatra to um, Eminem to bloody classical music. I love that. me and the little girl, my youngest when we sit and have breakfast in the mornings. When my wife's normally doing the school run, we have classic FM on. I love classical music. I love every kind of music. So when you asked if I'd come on and talk about some music, I'm like, yeah, definitely. Well, that's the great thing about doing these shows as well, because there's no genre thread. It is just the end of the world, songs that mean a lot to you. Everybody's picking really different stuff, and all of them I found just so well-suited for this you know, uncertain time that we're trying to figure out our way through. And um, yeah. I think that the people listening not only enjoy hearing the conversations and know that we're all in the same boat together, but music, man, it is the great healer. It is, man. It is. It is. And like you say, uh, you know, someone someone um, said this on, on on social media the other day. You know, a lot of a lot actors, musicians, dancers, pre- performers in general get a lot of stick about oh, get a real job, get a real job. Do you know what I mean? No, it's not a real job. Well, now you're all sat at home listening to our work and watching us on telly. Do you know what I mean? Of course, now man. You need us. Now you need us. You know. It, it is a real job, obviously. We're not propping up, you know, we're not out there saving lives and, and stuff. We're, you know, we, we're, we're entertainers, but... But, in, but in a way, in its own subtle way, you kind of are, because um, imagine being in quarantine and lockdown without music, without television, without films, without books, without comedy specials. I mean, that would be... Then you really just have to sit and talk to your parents and your, your kids and your partners. Then it would be hell. <laughs> <laughs> no you make a valid point mate <laughs> you make a valid point it's you know it might not be perceived to be honorable work but it's it really is the stuff that gets people through the the shit well, sometimes it, i think that's again something that we can learn from all this is you know imagine i mean I, back in the day my mum was uh my mum used to work in a care home um and you know, you'd have friends or aunties and uncles who, who do work. My aunt used to work in Asda. And it wasn't something you'd really turn around. You know, you wouldn't really turn around and go like, yeah, mom, my aunt works in Asda. My mum's a, a care home assistant. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. it'd be the kids in school going, yeah, my dad's got his own company. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, my mum, she doesn't do that anymore. And my auntie, she doesn't do that anymore. But they're the people that are actually the key workers that are supporting the, the economy and supporting the the health of everyone, do you know what I mean? Them, them people stacking shelves in Asda are now who we rely on more than ever. Yeah, man. You know, them people looking after them elderly, them people who we rely on more than ever. So uh, this is what I was saying before, man. I think people, humanity needs to go, shit, we need to reassess ourselves really quickly. I don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe it's not the, the billionaires on top who are, who, are, who are the important ones. Maybe it's the little people at the bottom who put a tin of beans on a shelf. Mate, I've spoke to, I think you're the 10th person or thereabouts that I've spoke to for these shows and you've distilled it better than anybody, the human, uh, humanity's health scare. That's just, I think that's, it, yeah. that's exactly that's it. Bang, nail on the head. And the other one is, if you're out and about, this is what I was doing when I was on the train and the tube the other week, uh, well, the beginning of the last, uh, this month, what I've been doing, you know when, you, when you're making food and you're cutting chicken? Yep. Because of salmonella, I, I, like whenever I cut chicken, I won't touch anything else until I've washed my hands. Just think about life that way Everything now. Everything in the world outside your front door is raw chicken. It's <laughs> raw chicken. Whether it's the, the, the 
table on, in front of you on the train or your train ticket itself or the petrol pump, it's raw chicken. Once you've touched it, it'll put your hands near your face. You've got raw, you've got salmonella hands, wash them. <laughs> there you go, mate. Dude, thank you so much, mate. Really, really enjoyed catching up with you, buddy. No, thank you, mate. I really enjoyed it. Then 
when you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.